listen, listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. gentlemen the doctor is in the house good afternoon everyone this is dr ron host of dr ron unfiltered uncensored now in our sixth season and our 404th uh, podcast at least ladies and gentlemen this program contains general medical information the medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such you are encouraged to confirm any information Obtain from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Again, uh, I want to thank the people at Feedspot who have congratulated us as uh, having been selected by their panelists as one of the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web. So thank you so much. That's Feedspot.com. And I do welcome you, everyone, with the attitude of gratitude uh, in these trying times. Let's stay positive. Let's replace panic attacks with love attacks. Let's be grateful because if we are, we'll be happier and less depressed and less stressed. Thank you, everyone, for uh, your uh, comments on uh, the last couple podcasts uh, with uh, Frank Polyophico and what to do until the ambulance arrives. And then last week with Dr. Dr. William Wong and, and exercise, what's the difference between aerobic and anaerobic? How to get the most out of your exercise? What supplements to take? Uh, that was a really a great program. Both of them were, were, were really well-received, and I do appreciate your uh, support. Today, uh, I want to talk a little bit about allergies. I know it's not springtime, but it seems like allergies are perennial now. Everybody uh, has symptoms of one sort or another. You know, are you, people have congestion, post-nasal drip, excess mucus. I see people sneezing, runny uh, nose, watery eyes, scratchy throat. 
sometimes at a point where it inter- interferes with their concentration and focus and, and, and exhaustion and sleep disorders from not being able to breathe properly, mood swings, irritability, and middle air infections. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, it comes back down to something really uh, simple. Has a lot to do with our immune system. And allergy symptoms have definitely worsened over these past 30 years. More people are allergic to pollen, mold, and foods. Growing exponentially. And it all comes down to our immune system. And we've always, we've talked now for a year and a half about a superior interior, having a good immune system, how our gut is is 80% of our immunity and how we have to keep that gut strong with prebiotics, probiotics, no junk food, no artificial sweeteners with which kill the back, the good bacteria in our guts. So that's why I decided to let's talk about some natural treatments today because we've, we, we've done podcasts about the anti-cholinergic drugs, the antihistamine drugs, and their association with dementia and brain disorders. So um, we'll talk a little bit about treatment. We'll talk a little bit about food allergies. And if we have time, a little bit about the nightshade vegetables. And I saw an, a, a statistic that said that 75% of people in the United States that suffer from seasonal allergies are allergic to ragweed. Isn't that something? We should be over that uh, in the northern part of the United States. Here in Florida, we still have a lot of uh, pollen in the air. But I did want to mention that if you have a ragweed allergy, there are certain foods you you should be careful of, and they are cucumbers, melons, zucchini, sunflower seeds, bananas, and chamomile tea. Okay. Okay. They cross-react with uh, ragweed. And gosh, we all know asthma can, and uh, allergy symptoms can lead to asthma, and gosh, we don't want that. So we want to keep our immune system uncompromised, and we want to control our symptoms. So we're going to talk generally whether the uh, allergy is to pollen, mold, airborne substances, okay? If it gives you the symptoms we just talked about, uh, congestion, post-nasal drip, sneezing, runny eyes, and so forth, we'll mention that food allergies, you know, food allergies each and every year so far have resulted in Emergency medical care for 200,000 people for allergic reactions to food. So uh, not to be wise, but that's nothing to sneeze at. 
So, you know, obviously some, some, some treatments are not treatments. It's just limiting your, the time you spend outdoors. You know, if, if you're down in Florida and there's red tide and those spores travel for miles, you know, just don't go outside. If your eyes are watery and so forth, don't rely on a drug or whatever. Just don't go outside. Because we're not going to prevent allergies altogether but we can control how we react to them. So the first thing would be avoid contact with it, whatever you're allergic to. So after we do that, we have to talk about diet, lifestyle, allergy treatments. And we have to make sure that or if we have an underlying medical condition, you know, we have that under control. So we get allergy symptoms because our bodies release histamine. And a strong immune system will fight this histamine. But if you have a weakened one and you are stressed, and you have some trauma or surgery and even emotional or physical stress, like a lack of sleep, they will make you more prone for this histamine to give you symptoms. I've told you not getting enough sleep weakens your immune system. Good restorative sleep is important for our general health. It's important for our brains to drain away all those toxic products that may have leaked up there because your brain volume decreases in size every night that you have a good sleep because it squeezes out all the, all the toxins. So antihistamines, people take steroids, decongestants, over-the-counter drugs, all to counter the effect of that histamine. But, you know, you do that uh, and you have to be conscious of the side effects. The most common ones are drowsiness, impaired performance. Your eyes and, and nose and mouth will get excessively dry. You could get restless, you know, hyperactive actually. Could give you some abdominal pain and could give you palpitations and insomnia. And children can experience nightmares from these drugs. So they're not for everyone and they are not for more than a day or two and they don't cure anything. They are a bandaid for the symptoms. So let's start out with what food should you avoid if you have allergies? Well, number one on the list is alcohol. Number two is caffeine, dairy, chocolate, peanuts, sugar, Artificial sweeteners. Why artificial sweeteners? Because they destroy your gut bacteria. Processed foods, you know, the foods that are wrapped up in the cellophane and they're found in the center of the, of the food markets. But something that is found outside of the center around the edges are melons. Highly allergic, especially if you have ragweed, bananas, cucumbers, sunflower seeds, if you're like myself, shellfish can be deadly. 
Bottled citrus juice. Why? Because it's not just citrus juice. There's other things added. And you know, a, a glass of bottled juice, probably like if you do, you're drinking orange juice, it probably takes about four oranges. So you're, you've got four times the amount of calories. And then you have none of the pulp and none of the good stuff of the orange. Echinacea and chamomile should be avoided, especially if you have a ragweed allergy and wheat and soy. And anything that I didn't mention that you are, you find your body have a sensitivity to. How about dried fruits, ladies and gentlemen? I see people on the golf course, well, if they take dried, dried fruits with them. Uh, they have a lot of chemicals in them. Could, could be a cause of excess mucus production. We've seen it. Just like excess gluten, if you're gluten sensitive, can make you have a lot of mucus. But you know what you can enjoy? You can enjoy raw, raw local honey, hot and spicy foods, pineapple, apple cider vinegar, fresh organic vegetables, grass fed meats, free range poultry and wild caught fish, not the farm raised fish. So this is pretty good for you to eat, right? The International Archives of Allergy and Immunology did a study about the raw local honey and found that their patients had significantly better control of their allergy symptoms than those who did not use it. So the local honey, because of the bees collecting pollen, contains some of the local pollen and it makes your body become... Uh, resistant to the, the, the pollen in your area. And according to a couple articles, a, a tablespoon a day can relieve itchy, watery eyes, congestion, and general symptoms of hay fever. And why do I recommend hot spicy foods? Because it can help you with that excess of mucus. It thins the mucus. And probiotics are important to keep your gut healthy. You know, in addition to supplements, I've talked to you about kefir and kimchi. Really important to keep those gut bacteria healthy and, and procreating. And you know, I'm a fan uh, of Zymescence. That's the Wang Essentials uh, enzyme, the strongest enzyme that you can actually purchase. Z-Y-M-E-S-S-E-N-C-E, Zymescence. And that's why articles will mention the enzyme bromelain. It's found in pineapple. Well, you can eat pineapple, but if you take a Zymescence, you'll get a heck of a dose. And that can decrease your reaction to, to uh, the allergens during allergy season. And I've been a fan of apple cider vinegar for years to help you boost your immune system. And a lot of us that are elderly, we don't make enough hydrochloric acid to break down our food or break down the mucus. Well, that apple cider vinegar will help you. 
little apple cider vinegar and lemon juice and a little raw honey makes a nice allergy drink to com combat allergies, not to give you allergies, but to combat allergies. And quercetin, which everybody should be taking now during the Chinese uh, virus plague. You know, quercetin, a thousand milligrams a day is more powerful than vitamin C. Vitamin A, that boosts your immune system. Like 2,000 micrograms a day. That also fights inflammation and has antihistamine properties, vitamin A. I don't hear too many people talk about that. And we should be taking zinc along with quercetin for the Chinese virus anyway. So zinc helps to heal adrenal fatigue. Your adrenal glands get wore out by chronic stress and allergies. And do not forget local treatments like with a neti pot. Okay, to, to wash out the mucus, flush it out of your nose. Some people believe in essential oils and diffusing them like menthol and the eucalyptus. Okay, so there are, you can make a homemade vapor rub. You know, Vicks makes one, but you can make one of yourself, one yourself by using peppermint, lavender, eucalyptus. And please stay hydrated. Drink good filtered water. Keeps that mucus thin. I think it's a good idea if you're having a lot of symptoms to shower before you go to bed because that will wash off any pollen or dust or anything you're allergic to on your skin and in your hair. Wash your bedclothes and bedding. Okay, again, to get rid of those allergens. If you have pets, wipe them down. And probably one of the hardest things to do, especially when there's a nice breeze outside and the humidity is low, is to keep your doors and windows closed, especially when the pollen counts are high or it's a real dusty day. So, you know, allergic diseases and seasonal allergies in general and food allergies have dramatically increased. In the United States, allergies are currently the fifth leading chronic disease for all ages and the third most common chronic disease for children under 18. And remember, medications only relieve the symptoms. And a lot of them don't, do not do it as well as natural remedies. So it takes some patience, it takes some time, okay? But it can be done. So one other thing I want to mention is, you know, having allergies is not worth killing yourself. As I said, allergies are getting worse. They're not just in the spring anymore. More people and more miserable times for most of the year. Summer, winter, fall, spring, it doesn't seem to matter anymore. Of course, big pharma is going to want to push their drugs. But something you, your physician and you may not have heard about is a warning about a very common allergy drug. drug. 
especially for folks who have grass allergies. Because it seems that if you have grass allergies, it's not only just in growing season, it seems to be everywhere and, and your symptoms are all year long. More than 30 million Americans are taking a prescription-based anti-inflammatory drug called Singular. 30 million Americans take Singular. But what does the FDA say about Singular? Turns out that you, there's a very high price for you to have that breath of fresh, mucus-free air. Are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? The FDA says one of the risks could be suicide. In fact, they are so strongly concerned about it, they put a black box warning in the drug's packaging insert. That's really serious when, when, when the FDA does that. It should remind physicians not to give it out so quickly. It should not be the first option. If you're a new allergy client of a healthcare provider, that should not be the first option because the black box warning for that drug says it could cause suicide. And this drug, even before this black box warning had an awful history of doing weird things to your brain like making you depressed, aggressive, giving you nightmares and headaches, like a neuropsychiatric syndrome. So I don't think we need that. I think I'd rather have the mucus and a few sneezes. So again, we get getting back to a, avoiding the allergy, if you know what it is, tweak your diet. One thing I didn't mention is a HEPA filter to purify your air. Load up on antioxidants like quercetin. If you can't get quercetin, uh, load up on vitamin C. Not worth dying over, ladies and gentlemen. So a couple more things on allergy today because we don't have a lot of time. There's a lot of people... I think that I, I'm pretty right, pretty correct saying that they're just taking aspirin, which really started out extracted from uh, two plants, the meadowsweet and the willow bark centuries ago. But then it became patentable when they added and called it acetyl salicylic acid, not just salicin. The acetyl was the key to getting the patent. So aspirin is a salicylate, and I there's a pair appears to be a lot of people that are unknowingly allergic to salicylates. So do you know that broccoli, olives, Coca-Cola, breath mints? pistachios, mushrooms, and coffee have nothing obviously in common. So you'd never trace a salicylate allergy to those foods, yet they all contain 
salicylates limiter to aspirin. Isn't that something? Found in a lot of foods. And if you eat these foods and you can associate if you have a headache afterwards or wheezing or diarrhea, upset stomach or sinus symptoms, your itchy throat, it could very well be the salicylate or the aspirin in your food. And that would be called a salicylate allergy. Just want to bring that to your attention. Nuts and seeds also contain salicylates. So a lot of people have nuts and seed allergies. Well, absolutely they do. But you know, it also could be due to an aspirin-like compound, that salicylate. And which nuts and seeds? Almonds, peanuts, pine nuts, pistachios. And also everybody's favorite, macadamia. People say, what about cashews? Well, cashews really aren't nuts, but they can they only contain a negligible amount of salicylates according to the studies. So if, maybe if you um, don't want to take aspirin and you're not allergic to salicylates, you know you, where you can find aspirin? Apples, apricots, avocados, blackberries, blueberries, chili peppers, figs, grapefruit, peaches, plums, spinach, strawberries, turmeric, wine, zucchini, And sometimes you could be allergic to aspirin and eat these foods. Why? Because the aspirin has the acetyl molecule, the one that allowed it to be patented. It has the acetyl group attached to it. So it's no longer a natural herb. They turned it into a drug. The naturally occurring salicylates do not have that acetyl group. And it seems like it's that acetyl group that triggers the reaction. We won't go into it today, but that acetyl group is probably what also causes the tinnitus or tinnitus, however you want to pronounce it, that some of you get when you're exposed to aspirin and salicylate drugs. Okay, so just a little bit of background about salicylates and then a little bit about nightshade sensitivities. Uh, nightshades are a common food group. They're found in many diets. Even the paleo diet has them in there. They can have health benefits, but for some people that are sensitive to nightshades, they have a lot of unpleasant side effects, which could be digestive problems and inflammatory issues. So nightshades are a family of vegetables referred to scientifically as solanaceae. Solanaceae. They include vegetables like peppers, white potatoes, eggplants, tomatoes, tomatillos, goji berries, okra, and even ashwanga. And that's really a popular herb, right? Chili pepper, paprika, cayenne, red pepper flakes. They also fall into that family of nightshades.
Now, just as a, a trivia question, black and white pepper, they're from peppercorns. They are not nightshades because peppercorns are a fruit. Now, if you're not as sensitive as nightshades, I mean, nightshades contain a lot of nutrients like vitamin C, antioxidants, B vitamins and minerals. But if you uh, have a sensitivity to them, you could have a problem. And when I had my practice, I mean, one of the first things we did with people, especially with a, a inflammatory arthritis like rheumatoid, we have them off of nightshades for a while. And a lot of times that really helped their symptoms because their nightshades can, if you're sensitive to them, cause inflammation. So the solanaceous contain these alkaloids that can, that can give some people problems. So if you're really sensitive to them, you'll develop a leaky gut and that leads to a leaky brain and, and things we've talked about this past year. So then you could have, you know, intestinal problems, irritable bowel, etc. So the bottom line is nightshades can cause problems with inflammation, digestive problems, autoimmunity, and leaky gut. Why do I bring this up? Because again, we get back to our immunity. Our gut is critical to us staying healthy in these times. Okay, so if you find yourself bloating and, and having uh, gut symptoms, you might want to try and ha have an elimination diet, like do not eat nightshade vegetables for, for 10 days. See how you feel. Some people say 30 days. Well, I think if, if at the end of 10 days, if you start to feel better, you can make 30 days and you improve, you you're just feel great. Well, you know, you, uh, you probably hit on the cause of, of your symptoms. Now, some people are brave enough and they'll add one uh, nightshade vegetable back at a time and see if it's a problem. Uh, depends how brave you are. I guess if you're really feeling good, you, you'll just stay off them for a while. But if you really want to have, a, say, an eggplant or a pepper, you might just introduce it just like uh, you do with the babies, introduce one new food every five days. Is it forever? I don't know. That's something that you have to, you have to find out. So what's the answer? How long you have to stay away from them? It's going to be different for everybody. However, I'm sorry to say most will find that it's best to have them eliminated for a long time before you reintroduce any of them. And would you want to go into substitutions? Well, no, not really. Don't let's do that. Uh, you can, a lot of this stuff is available to you on the internet. Nightshade vegetables. Maybe a lot of you never heard uh, of nightshade vegetables. Okay. But again, everything gets back to having a superior interior, having a good interior, having a good gut. So your immunity is strong. That'll serve you. 
the rest of your life to keep you healthy. Okay, so we talked a little bit about allergy, some natural ways to treat those allergies. We know that food allergies are becoming more and more prevalent with uh, about 200,000 emergency room visits a year for a food, a food allergy, which can be, you know, just a, a mild itching of your mouth and some hives or tingling in your throat to a severe anaphylactic reaction that could make you stop breathing and have heart, heart problems. The main food allergens are milk, egg, peanuts, tree nuts, wheat, soy, fish, and crustaceans, crustaceans, shellfish. It seems that, that we're seeing more cases of sesame allergy. And food, food allergies are on the rise. My take on it is that because our immune systems are decreasing, we're, we're eating too much packaged foods, too much artificial sweeteners. We're ruining our, our interior. There's no cure for food allergy. Just have to avoid them, right? Maybe someday they'll have a challenging type of uh, program. You know, where they can feed you the in a controlled environment, feed you what uh, you're allergic to, and see if they can give you enough under controlled conditions. Well, that's, that's not here yet. Right now, you have to avoid it. So, as I said in my write-up, according to John Hopkins Medicine, allergies are actually disorders of the immune system. Your body overreacts to these substances and has all you have all these hist, all this histamine released. So just a brief podcast today on allergies. I hope this has been of uh, some value. I will talk to you next week about black box warnings, as I mentioned with Singular, and how drugs can be on the market for. 10, 15 years, and the FDA finally figures out that they need a warning, that there's something wrong with them. It seems like uh, having an injectable or drug out for six months or one year is not enough to find out all the side effects. It really has to be out there a while. So do you really want the first new car off the assembly line or would you wait for a year to see how that, that automobile reacts and what how safe it is? Same thing with drugs. You know, the newest is not always the best. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Dr. Ron. Uh, my email is docronradio at gmail.com. Uh, I am on every, almost every uh platform, but uh, Pandora, but I am on uh, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Google, of course, right here on Podbean. And there's a, there's a page called Pod Page that has all my, uh, all of my podcasts. 
and I'll be posting transcripts on WordPress, Dr. Ron. So uh, you need to drop me a line, do so, and uh, we will see you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week